How many of you guys have been enjoying the series on Romans? Amen. Hallelujah. The Romans has been an encouragement to me. This has been a time of transition for me and my family. Uh, six weeks ago, we had a baby boy, our third, and it's been quite a transition for our family. It's been a lot harder than has been expected. Our first two, Emily did really well. This one is, we've had a little bit of postpartum and uh, I'm so thankful for her mom who's been with us, I think four out of the six weeks. And last night, for four weeks, I've been getting up with the baby in the middle of the night to do the feeding. Last night, her mother did the feeding. So I'm feeling like a new man. This is great. Uh, but Romans has been such an encouragement. It's been so good. Uh, Emily's dad was with us for a little bit. He shared with me a story. They're from Minnesota. And he said how back in 1970, Minnesota was known for its beautiful elm trees. In fact, when you would fly into Minnesota, instead of most cities, instead of seeing a bunch of houses everywhere, you would just see trees. It was over 130,000 elm trees. They were all elm trees, beautiful canopies covering uh, the streets, and it was beautiful. But in 1975, there was a disease that came to the trees, Elm's disease. And it was transferred from tree to tree by a little beetle. This beetle spread this bacteria, this algae around it, and it, it literally destroyed over 100,000 elm trees. Just wiped them out. Minnesota, as you can see in this picture from the left to the right, looks a lot different today than it did back in the 1970s. Sin is much like Elm's disease. It transfers quite easily. It can come at us from the outside. And if you're not careful, it can spread. It can spread in you and get out of control to where it just renders you useless. And it can spread among the body too. If Minnesota would have stopped it at its first tree, it would have been fine. The problem is they didn't address it early enough. These beetles transferred it everywhere. We as God's people are called to take sin seriously, to cut it off at the very beginning. We are not to let sin fester in us. We're not to let sin fester in our body. We need to take it seriously. Paul takes sin very seriously. I want to direct our attention to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 today. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. My wife grew up in Minnesota, and her and her family attended John Piper's church. Uh, Several of us know John Piper. John Piper took eight years going through the book of Romans, and one of the things my wife really remembers is he spent three sermons on the word, therefore. Don't worry, I'm not going to spend three sermons on the word therefore this morning. But let me just say, these two verses are significant in the book of Romans. We've been clipping along here. Last week we went through Romans 9 through 11. We come to Romans chapter 12. We're going to take two sermons on Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 1 through 2 talks about loving God. The rest of the chapter talks about loving God one another. It's all having to do with worship, our worship to God through loving him and our worship to God through loving one another. We're called to do acts of mercy. This, the reason why John Piper spent three times on the word therefore is because this is a, a hinge to the rest of Romans. Yes. Let me just explain this if I can. Lord help me in a few minutes. But Romans chapter 1 through 11 is the why behind Romans 12 through 16, which is the commands and the do. What you'll notice here in Romans 12 is that it is a lot of do this and don't do that. So he's calling us not to sin. We're to do certain things and we're to not do certain things. And he's calling us to live out this faith. So the commands are coming more, the practice is more in 12 through 16. So Romans 1 through 11 is more theology. Romans 12 through 16 is more practice. Romans 1 through 11, more theory uh, in the head. Romans 12 through 16, more the actions, the hands. So we go from theory to practice, from theology to doxology, you get the picture. So it's a therefore. But Paul here is reminding us, just because I'm about to get into some commands, don't forget what we just covered. I appeal to you, brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, The mercies of God. He's reminding us about the mercies of God. Romans 1 through 11. All about the mercies of God. And he goes deep into the mercies of God. Because we can't carry out these commands by ourselves. We can't carry out commands. We can't stay away from sin just because we want to. We need the mercies of God to fuel the actions. As God calls us to do acts of mercies in in Romans 12 through 16, it's all fueled by the mercy of God. We can't do acts of mercy if we haven't first received the mercy of God. God. So Paul here is reminding us of the mercies of God. And he before he gives commands, he's reminding us of the why. 
Many of us love to know the why before when we get commands. My kids particular. I tell them to get in the car. They ask the question, why? Uh, eat your dinner. Why, Daddy? Um, because you need to uh, grow. You want to grow and be strong, Samuel. Uh, you need to eat your dinner. That is that you get strong, therefore you eat. You understand? So here Paul is saying, you're going to do all these things. Why? Because of the mercies of God. God is a merciful God. And that's why we spent time and why Paul is building his argument. He started out Romans 1 through 3 on the wrath of God, then Romans 4 through 8 on the grace of God, then Romans 9 through 11 on the will of God, and now he's getting into the plan of God, or the, the, sorry, plan of God, then the will of God. He's getting into the commands. So here he calls us, and what does he command us to do? He calls us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord, which is your spiritual act of worship. I love that. A lot of us, when we hear the word worship, we think of singing, right? We think of coming on a Sunday morning. Here, Paul is pointing to a greater idea of worship. Worship is more than just a song. Worship is more than what we just do on Sundays. Worship is something that we carry out every single minute of every single day. What is worship? Worship is presenting your body holy and acceptable to the Lord, that our bodies would not be ruled by sin and outside influences, but that our bodies would be ruled by the Holy Spirit holy to the Lord, that our bodies would not sin, that our bodies would be taken out of that. And I love that Paul emphasizes bodies here. I love Christianity because Christianity emphasizes the three main parts of the human being. Humans are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this quickly. Your body, obviously, your hands, your eyes, your nose, your, your feet, and what you do. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Then you have the spirit, and that's where you're born as a sinner. Romans 1 through 3, we're all born into sin, but when we accept Jesus, he, he sends his Holy Spirit, and your spirit comes from the old to the new, from death to life. Now, we are in a conflict over the soul. Your spirit is made new when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But God is continually calling Christians to allow the spirit from within, your new person, to rule over your soul which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, that the Spirit would take control over that. And when he takes control over your mind, your will, and emotions, then your mind, will, and emotions will take control over your actions and your body. 
So if you want your body to be holy and pleasing to the Lord, you want your soul, your mind, will, and emotions to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And we'll see this in this passage, that the Holy Spirit wants to take control over our bodies. And I love it that yeah, Christianity emphasizes all three, the body, the soul, and the spirit. There's a theory, there, other religions do not. Other religions only emphasize one or two. Some really emphasize the body. It's all about works. It's all about this and that. Some overemphasize the spirit and the body's not important. That's called asceticism. Asceticism denies the body. This, by the way, is why we do healing, right? Because God cares about our bodies. God wants our bodies. He wants our bodies to be a living sacrifice. I love that word, living sacrifice. It's not an atoning sacrifice. I want everybody to be clear on that. When he says living sacrifice, he's not talking about sacrifice of the Old Testament that covers our sins. We're not to sacrifice ourselves. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. He's calling us to be a living sacrifice. So when we give to God our bodies, the life of Jesus comes about in us and our bodies are lives of worship to the Lord. That's why you can write in your journals, Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Hallelujah. Put to death the deeds of the body. Take care of sin. Cut it off at its source. Get rid of it the moment that it comes. If the Minnesotans would have just taken care of that Elm's disease at the beginning, cut it off at the beginning. Put to death the deeds of the body. Living sacrifice, but by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the, and it's by the spirit that that happens. Then you live. By the spirit, you will live. Romans 6, 13. So God cares about our bodies, but he also cares about our minds. And that's why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So God cares about our bodies, our minds, and he cares about our souls, our spirit. He cares about it all. So we want to put to death the deeds of the body. And Paul makes it really clear here. He says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me just explain the difference in these two words. The word conformed in the Greek is an outside influence. It's somebody kind of getting in from the outside and changing, trying to dictate. That is what conformed means. Transformed is from the inside out. The word transform actually is the word metamorphe. You've heard the word metamorphosis. They teach this in grade school. I think I learned it from uh, Mrs. Burton back there. She's smiling. She's a great sixth grade teacher, by the way. I, I had her 
in sixth grade. Metamorphosis. It's, it's, the, the symbol here is it comes from the inside out, that the outside is changed from the inside. Conformed. Conformed is this outside influence. Transformed is from the inside out. Just to distinguish between conformed and transformed. Conformed is managed by religion. Transformed is managed by relationship. To be conformed, you're controlled by fear. To be transformed, you're controlled by love. To be conformed, you have sin in your life, but to be transformed, there's holiness that will begin to come about. To be conformed is to have guilt. To be transformed, you're innocent. To be conformed, you're full of shame. To be transformed, you're full of self-esteem and esteem by God. To be conformed, you're full and just controlled by lies. To be transformed, you're controlled by truth. To be conformed, you're controlled by others. Other people are influencing you to be transformed. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit influences you. To be conformed, you'll be led to death. To be transformed, it leads to life. So I want to encourage all of us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to the truth. Do not be conformed to the lie that says, I am nothing. Be transformed by the truth that says, I am created by God and I am something in his kingdom. Don't be conformed to the lie that says that you are alone. If you hear that lie that you are alone, don't be conformed by it. Be transformed by the truth that says, I'm a part of the family of God. I got the family of God around me. Don't be conformed by the lie that says that you're rejected. Be, be transformed by the truth that says I'm accepted by God. Amen. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. You don't need to live with that lie. Don't be conformed by the lie that says you're in danger all the time. Be transformed that says, hey, I'm safe. God's got me protected. He's his shield about me. Don't be conformed by the lie that says you're worthless. Be transformed by the truth that says you are valuable. We don't want to be controlled by these outside influences. We don't want to let others influence us. To be conformed is to peer pressure. Good example. Um, I rem one of my most vivid memories in grade school was we were always taught never dare anybody. Anybody taught that? Don't, don't dare somebody. Well, we were out on the playground and there was a tube slide, okay? You know those tube slides? You're supposed to go through the tube slide. <laughs> well, I dared a buddy, his name was Jake Bergman, to go down on top of the tube slide. Jake Bergman took me up on the dare. He got on top of the tube, went about two inches down, fell off, landed on his arm. Compound fracture. Jake is bleeding everywhere. He's going up to the front, and I'm just seeing this blood everywhere. And literally blood, I remember it pouring out over the stairs. 
And then you see him faint. And I'm, oh no, my dare just killed somebody. <laughs> there was a few others that dared him too. I wasn't the only one. But, oh, we didn't know what had happened to him. We were all crying the whole rest of the day. Just crying, we felt so badly. I was an outside influence that led to something catastrophic. <laughs> it's kind of a silly story. Outside influence leading to something catastrophic. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't let the world influence you. Don't let the world dictate what you do and don't do. Be transformed by the Spirit. Let the Spirit take control over your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that your body could be of worship to the Lord. We don't want to be influenced by others. I just want to call out one this morning. I know that there's a lot, but this is just a, something on my heart. I want to talk about vaping. Uh, there's little, I don't think we mentioned vaping from the stage, but don't be conformed to vaping. Uh, it is harmful. It hinders brain development. This is science now. It hinders brain development. It causes heart disease, lung disease. People say it's safer than smoking. It is not. Even the ones that say 0% nicotine have some levels of nicotine. And the science says that they're actually more addicting than cigarettes. Don't be conformed by the patterns of the world that's telling you to vape. And the sad thing is, is that these marketers are marketing to teenagers. And teenagers are getting swept into it without knowing. And we we're, it was so close to getting rid of cigarettes, and yet here comes this vaping, it's disgusting. I just heard this morning that the guy who originally started vaping, he had to say, uh, don't buy this. <laughs> He's come out and said that. He says, I know it's harmful. So the guy that originally, I forget the acronym or whatever it is, but He's, he, the guy who's making millions off of it says, don't buy it anymore. I know it's dangerous. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We want to see the Spirit take control over us. We want to see our bodies be pleasing to the Lord. You don't need to be conformed. If you're wondering, am I conformed to something I want to remind us of Romans chapter 7. Romans 7, Paul said, I do the things I don't want to do. What is that? That is conformed. I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do. We talked about this in Romans 7. You don't have to live there. You don't have to live with a habit. You don't have to live with an addiction to anything. You don't have to live with sin. If sin is attacking you, you don't have to live with it. Allow the Spirit to well up in you, to transform you. Allow the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of this world. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes. Paul says, 
greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is why Romans 7 is followed up with Romans 8, which is the spirit. You put to death the deeds of the body, the things that you don't want to do. You don't have to live with that. You can live in the spirit. And this is why I am so encouraged here at our church that we are going to be offering Celebrate Recovery. Everybody has one of these cards in their program. Yeah. Celebrate Recovery is going to be a tremendous ministry here in the life of our church. I can't wait to see people transformed by the Spirit. I can't wait to see people who are addicted to drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, pornography. And it doesn't just deal with those maybe that come to mind first. It deals with anxiety, eating addictions, codependency. It deals with all... Uh, anxiety, yeah, just any addictions, hang-ups, habits, hurts, any of these. I'm so excited that we're going to be offering this. Webb Sanders is going to be leading it. It's going to be on Tuesday nights. Please take this card. Feel free to come. If you are doing the things you don't want to do over and over and over, this is a great place for you. If you know anybody, take this card, give it to them. Invite somebody else who can come. Tuesday nights, we're going to be starting it. October 1st is the launch. My life was greatly impacted by this ministry. When I was a senior in college, I was conformed. I was dealing with sexual sin in my life. And I could not, you see, I was trying to deal with it in the flesh. I couldn't put to death by the flesh. But the Lord, the Spirit, transformed my life. And he used this ministry. One of the great things about this ministry, by the way, is that it is full of mercy. We go back to the beginning. Therefore, by the mercies of God, his mercy, his kindness leads us to repentance. This is a safe place. What's said here is stay, stays here. I love this place because there were people coming in who had the worst of addictions, but they were free to share it. And the power, when you, when you take the secret things and you bring them into the light, the power is gone. The power is broken. And this is a place where it's safe, where there is full of mercy, where you can be redeemed and transformed. So this morning, I want to have a stand together and I want to encourage you to respond, to offer your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord, to offer your body as worship to the Lord. Maybe you think about your body and you say, man, I've been misusing my tongue. My tongue has been saying words that I don't want them to say. Don't be conformed to the power of this world. Be transformed. Allow the spirit to take control over your tongue. Maybe it's your ears or your eyes, which you've been seeing. Offer your body, offer your eyes to the Lord as a living sacrifice, that your eyes would be holy and acceptable to the Lord.
be transformed by the Spirit, that the Spirit would transform your eyes to look at things that you should be looking at. God can do this, and He can do it today. He can start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start today. Come forward. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Whatever it may be, your head, your eyes, your ears, your, your feet, where you've been going, your hands, what you've been doing. Let's all come. I want us to fill the front here. Let's worship the Lord with our bodies. Let's offer the Lord our bodies as a living sacrifice. Let's respond. Come on forward. Let's worship the Lord.